couple of announcements to you real quick um, before we jump into the Word. Uh, as many of you know that we have bridge groups here at all of our locations, and January is actually a promotional month. We take January off to just kind of promote our bridge groups, and so right here, well, I think we have six bridge groups here in Smithfield, and so let me encourage you to get involved in a bridge group somewhere, and the way you do that is you go online, you click on groups, and there's so many, and, and they're broken up by categories, whether it's a men's group or a women's group or a co-ed group, and so all of those groups are up there, so let me encourage you to get involved. How many of you know we were never meant to do life alone? Amen. We were never meant to do life alone. We were meant to do it as a team and as a group of people. So get involved with that and do that. Uh, let me also mention to you that February the 9th, we're going to have a baptismal service here at this location. And so if you're interested in that, we believe that that's kind of your next step is going public with your faith and getting baptized. And so let me encourage you to go online, sign up for that. And if you say, well, look, I don't have internet access. Hey, that's fine. Just see me or one of the hospitality attendants at the end of the service, and we'll get you hooked up. We'll get you signed up for that. And then also, when you guys come in today, you have these right here in your seats. Come on, wave them at me high. Wave them at me high. Three of you. Okay, all right, so wave them up. This is a card for you. Now, look at somebody and say, this is not my card. Come on, this is my neighbor's card. This is my co-worker's card. This is my friend's card. Come on, one more time loud. This is not my card. Let me just encourage you. We are starting a brand new series on February the 2nd called Nope, Not Today, Satan. And so it's going to be an amazing series. You're not going to want to miss that. But also, if you flip on the back side of that card, as many of you know, we, uh, we have joined up and come alongside of the bridge. And we've always been a part of the bridge. I tell everybody we've been dating a long time. Now we're married. And so we are the bridge Smithfield. And February the 2nd, it is literally our grand opening service. Our grand opening service. A lot of things happening on that day. So we've got Triple S Drumline going to be with us again. We got Triple S Drumline coming in. They're going to be with us. We've also got, look, guys, I have got a connection with Elsa and Frozen. Okay, I've got a connection there. And Elsa has said that she is sending Olaf to the church that day to be outside to welcome all of your kids. We've got a selfie wall to take pictures and all of that stuff. We're going to have inflatables outside. We've got the Bridge to Hope mobile unit that's going to be here. You're going to be able to walk through seats that, experience that. Again, Triple S Drumline is going to be here. So it is going to be an amazing day. So you don't want to miss that. So there's three cards here for you to go out and invite three people. Not only are you inviting them, but look at the top of the card. It says, I'm inviting and what? I'm praying for these people. So you're going to not only invite people and tear this off and give them a card, but you're going to pray for them that they're going to come in and experience God. So those are just some things that are happening. Also, one more thing. I wanted to let you know that our student ministries is actually meeting every single week now. They've grown to the point. We saw the need. So they're meeting every single week out in our modular unit. And so if you've got a teenager, man, send them out there. And, uh, and man, God, bless them and great things are going to happen with that. So are you guys ready for the word today? 
All righty. We have been in a series around here called Sound On, Unmuting God's Voice. We said that, hey, this year, January in 2020, new year, new you, we want to go into this year hearing the voice of God. What is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you? What is the vision God has given you for your life? But in order for you to get that, it's important for you to know that God is speaking. And so we've been walking through that. And so if you have your Bibles, let's look at John. John chapter 10, starting at verse 3, we, we kind of open this whole series with this verse. And, and it's interesting because when you look in the Gospels, especially in the book of John, Jesus oftentimes spoke in pictures and metaphors. And in this case, he likens himself to a shepherd and those who follow him. So Christ followers, we are his sheep. And the reason why he does that is because he's trying to help us understand the relationship between the two. Because the sheep had the ability to be able to distinguish the shepherd's voice. They say that you can actually take two shepherds and, let's say for the sake of numbers, a hundred flock of sheep on each, and they could actually cross and intersect one another. So you've got all of these sheep mingled together, you've got all of this noise, and that shepherd can make one sound, and his sheep would recognize his voice among everyone else's and follow him. And so Jesus is kind of wanting us to see this picture here. So in John chapter 10... Starting at verse 3, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, what do they do? They listen to his voice. And I love that because that's really what this series has been all about. It's about listening to God. How many of you know we serve a speaking God? We serve a speaking God. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And so it says, they listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. That is so important for you to realize that you are not nameless and you're not faceless. God knows who you are. He created you. He formed you. He shaped you. He knit you together and he knows you by name. And then it says, he leads them out. So that's, that's something else that you want to grab hold of. God's doing the leading, not you. And everybody said, Amen. And says, when he brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger or all the other voices around. They're not going to follow that. And you understand that the enemy of your soul will speak to you too. He has a voice as well. It says, in fact, they'll run away from him. Why? Because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Voice, And so what we have to do is we have to distinguish between the two. Is this God or is this the devil? We have to learn to distinguish between the two. And we also have to learn to shut out the enemy's voice. Because again, the devil will speak to you as well as God. And listen, let me throw a long one on you. He'll talk to you when you're in church. There's been times literally while I was standing right over there about to come on the stage and something will whisper in my ear and say, you're not good enough. You don't have anything to say. Who do you think you are? And so in that moment, there's, there's this fear that comes into my heart, but I also have to go back to what God says about me and who God says I am. And so I've learned to distinguish between the two and shut out the enemy's voice. 
And so that's what we have to learn to do. So let's do a little recap real quick. So if you were here in week one, week one, we said, hey, God is speaking. Are we listening? And so we talked about the six ways that God speaks to us. Then last week, we went in the book of Habakkuk and we said, hey, now that you know God is speaking, you have to position yourself to hear from God. So how do I position myself to hear from God? Well, Habakkuk did five things and we called it the five W's. We said, you've got to withdraw. You've got to wait. You've got to watch. You've got to what? Write. And then because of that, you worship. And so you're positioning yourself to hear from God. Today, now that we know God's speaking to us, now that we've positioned ourselves, how do we really know if it's him? I mean, is it God? Is it the devil? Is it me coming up with my own stuff? Is it the burrito and pizza I ate last night? How do I know if it's really God? And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. So Father, we thank you again for these moments. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. And so, Lord, we just open our hearts to you and ask that you would speak to us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. When, when Misty and I first started dating, uh, she was in a very prominent church uh, in Edgecombe County. And, you know, naturally, she met me. She fell madly in love because why not? And uh, so she wanted me to, like, marry her and all that. So, no, it was actually the exact opposite. But anyway, so we started dating, and we said, hey, man, we know this is right, and, and God's in it. And so her church family knew that I was already kind of going into the youth ministry. And so they were mad because they didn't want to lose her. So I went to church with her one day, and I was literally sitting down, minding my own, won't bothering a soul, and one of them precious saints come walking by, sweet lady, and she just looked at me, and she did her hand like that, and her hand started shaking. And I'm like, where are we at, and what's getting ready to happen? And she said, I want to let you know you're out of the will of God and you don't need to marry her and you don't need to pull her away from the church. And so I just sit there and listen, hands shaking and all, you know, pointing at me, staring at me down. And I, you know, I let her talk and when she got through and I said, well, I said, I've heard what you said and and you know what? Hey, I really respect you. I said, but uh, sweetie, you missed God because I am going to marry her and I am taking her away from crazy folks like you. <laughs> the question is, how did I have confidence to be able to say that? How did I know godly woman, great woman? How did I know she really didn't hear from God? How did I know? And so that's what I want to talk about today. And some of you are like, well, pastor, that should never happen in the church. And, and, and you're right. We don't want that. But I want you to lean into what I'm about to say. Even the best of Christians will miss it if they're not careful. Even the best of Christians will miss it if they're not careful. Matter of fact, I thought about Peter, and Peter's got his disciples with him, and he says, okay, guys, who do men say that I am? And, you know, they were throwing out names, and all of a sudden, here's Peter. Peter stands up, and Peter says, well, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And in that moment, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, there's no way you could have known that. You have heard from God. God has spoken to you, Peter. Like literally, you went from zero to hero, my brother. God has spoken to your heart. But in the next few moments, Jesus is talking about going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world and rising on the third day. And what does Peter say? Peter says, never, Lord, not you. This is never going to happen. 
And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Like you went from the bottom to the top to the top to the bottom in a matter of minutes. And so here's Peter who goes from hearing from God to missing God. And that can happen to all of us. So what do we do about it? I mean, that's really the question. What, what do we do about that? And I think in order to really get to the heart of it, you've got to recognize this voice and you've got to internalize this verse of Scripture from John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but what? Test. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So when you get an impression or you get an idea and you're kind of wrestling with this thing, is it from God or not? We believe that when you look through the scriptures, that there are seven filters that you can run that idea through. And here's what we say. If it doesn't pass through all seven filters, don't do it. Walk away from it. If it does pass through all seven filters, even if it seems impossible, step out in faith. Because there's always a faith factor to this. And we're going to talk about that next week. Because even if you've heard the voice of God and you've positioned yourself and you know it's God, there's always a faith factor. And so we're going to get into that. But what are these seven filters? What are they and what do they look like? So if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the first filter. Does it agree with the Bible? Does it agree with the Bible? If you were here a couple weeks ago when we talked about the six ways that God speaks, what way did we say He always speaks through His Word? He always speaks through His Word. And so you understand that God is never going to contradict His Word. He's never going to tell you to do something that's opposite of what He's already told you to do. Luke chapter 21 verse 33 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but what? My words will never pass away. So God's never going to contradict himself. Matter of fact, it says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8, here's the apostle Paul. Paul says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. So Paul says, hey, if I come up to you or if somebody else comes to you, man, if you see an angel coming down from heaven and it contradicts God's word, he said, don't buy into it. Walk away from it. Get away from it. And it's interesting because the Bible is very clear on a lot of subjects. For instance, the Bible says abstain from fornication. So if, if, if you see someone and you want to have intimacy with someone that's not your spouse, and you say, but it just feels so good, how can it be wrong? Let me just throw out this phrase to you. It's a phrase that I want you to really remember and get stuck in your head. If you've got something that's contradictory from God's word, it ain't from God. Okay, are you with me? Say that with me. It ain't from God. And you're like, well, that's not good grammar. It's Johnston County, yo. So it ain't from God. And you say, hey, family's a priority to me. So if you get the impression to say, you know what? I'm going to go over to another state and leave my family in the dust. And this must be God. Listen, it ain't from God. If you say, hey, I want to try to maintain integrity in my life because that's important. And you get someone that comes up and says, hey, I've got a way you can make a tremendous amount of money, but it's going to cause you to shave a little bit and be a little dishonest. If you want to know who it's from, let me just say this. It ain't from God. Okay? Fact is, the majority of what God wants to say to us has already been written. God's will is found in God's word. 
That's why it's important for you to know the scriptures. How do I do that? Get into the church. Get, get, into, a, get into a bridge group. Start getting into the Bible study. Get into the bridge app and go to that one-year Bible reading plan. Click on that. That has been designed and made just for you, just for me, so that we could spend time daily in God's Word. One of the things that, that I've noticed is we are so quick to make a decision. We're so quick to follow our feelings. Well, it just feels good, and I've got goosebumps, man. How can this not be God? And you just jump right into it without testing it, without going to God's Word, without praying about it. So again, the more you know God's Word, the easier it is for God to speak to you. So that's the first filter. Here's the second one. Does it make me more like Christ? In other words, does it make me shine, or does it make God shine? Which one is it? Does it make you more like Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Let me just say this. Lean in. Jesus is the standard from which you evaluate every idea. Let me say that again. Jesus is the standard from which you evaluate every idea. God's goal for you is to make you more like Christ, is to build your character, to build your integrity. So if you get this impression or this idea, that idea should be moving you more to be like Christ. That idea should be to make Christ shine, not you shine. James chapter 3 verse 14 and 17 says, If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, what does it say? Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but it's of who? The devil. The wisdom that comes from God. What is it? It's pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial, and sincere. So if you get this idea to be bitter against someone or to be envious against someone, if you get an idea that comes out of angry emotions, it ain't from God. If you get an idea that involves selfish ambition or instant gratification or it causes you to manipulate someone, it ain't from God. If you've got impure thoughts, it ain't from God. So what is from God? It's something that's peace-loving, something that's going to promote harmony, something that builds relationships. So if you get this idea to destroy relationships or an idea that tears people down, what do we say? It ain't ain't from God. I told you we're going to get it in your head before you get out of here today. It ain't from God. So when you get an idea or an impression, you always need to ask, Is this going to help someone or hurt someone? Why? Because God's wisdom is true. It's loving. It's merciful. It's peaceful. So if you get this idea and it's submissive, it's humble, it's teachable. Hey, you may want to hold on to that. If you get an idea that makes you arrogant or self-righteous, it ain't from God. One of the ways that you can tell if it's from God is, is it full of mercy? You know, that's opposite of being judgmental. So if you've got that, that judgy spirit, that critical spirit, that, that, that spirit that says, I don't care who I hurt, as long as I'm right, listen to me, it ain't from God. God says, hey, I want you to be unprejudiced. I don't want you to play favorites. I want you to be sincere, not phony, not hypocritical. So if you're any of those, then it's ain't, it's, it ain't from God. So does it make me more like Christ? Here's the third filter that we need to run this through. Does my church family confirm it? 
Does my church family confirm it? And, and what we're talking about here is, is the leaders in the church and the people that you love and you trust and you've given them authority to speak into your life. That's who we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says, God's intent is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So you understand that God speaks to the church. God speaks through the church. Who is the church? That's us. That's the, the followers of Jesus Christ. So he speaks through the body. So if you get this idea or impression and, and nobody confirms it, it ain't from God. So we need wisdom. You know, one of the things that we have to do is we have to check these things out before we just parachute into something. Check it out. Go to the pastor. Go to the elders. Go to people who are believers that you love and you trust who will be sincere with you. People that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. There's a difference there. Get in prayer. Get into God's word. Hey, guys, I've got an idea. Let me run it past you. What do you think? Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, what happened? They succeed. So if you get this great idea and no other Christian confirms it, and you kind of got a little doubt about it yourself, God's put a safety valve in you. Pump the brakes. Stop. Don't go down that road. Detour. Wait. Don't just jump into something. So again, does it agree with the Bible? Does it make you more like Christ? Does the church confirm it? If not, it ain't from God. Here's another filter for you. Here's the fourth one. Is it consistent with how God made me? Is it consistent with how God made me? We just a couple months ago spent six weeks on talking about your niche. This is kind of like how God wired you, how he formed you and created you. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's handiwork. We're his workmanship, one translation says. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even before you were born, God was shaping you and molding you. You have personalities. You have different things you're naturally good at. You have things that you have a heart for. You have different experiences in your life. All of these things. You have charisma gifts. They all make up who you are in Christ. So if you love music and you're gifted in that area, well, you're probably going to be on a worship team somewhere. You're probably going to be playing some instruments. If you're tone deaf, holler, you're probably not going to be up here. Why? Because you're going to be frustrated. You know, if you say, well, I don't like kids. Guess where we're not going to put you in kids ministry. So if you come to me and you're like, Pastor, I tell you, I just got a heart for babies. I just want to work with the babies. I just love the babies. And I'm looking at you and I'm like, you don't even have patience for your husband. Come on, holla at me. No, you don't have patience for babies because the first time we put you in with the babies and one of those babies release a barn burner, you're going to freak out. So you've got to go where God has called you and if it fits your niche. So again, if you try to do something that's not according to the way God formed you and made you and knit you together, it ain't from God. You know, there's this myth going around that says God's will is not fun. That's kind of the opposite. If you actually enjoy doing something, that, that is an indicator that God may have created you with that. And so you need to follow that. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 God has given each of us the ability to do what? Certain things well. 
There's certain things you can do that I can't do. Vice versa is how God made us. So listen to me. God's voice will never contradict how he has created you. God's voice will never contradict what he has created you to be. Never. So if you get an impression this week, or if I get the impression this week to say, hey, man, I'm going to quit pastor and I'm going to just go on the road and just sing for a living. How many of you know, it ain't from God. Amen. <laughs> Speak into my life. Help me. So Satan will come in and try to get you to be something that you're not. He'll come in and put all kinds of stuff in your path, in your avenue. And so you have to know what is my gifting? What has God created me to be? Because he'll come in and try to sidetrack you with stuff that you have no business doing because you're not gifted to do it. So again, run that through the filter. Is this consistent with how God made me? Here's another filter. Is it my responsibility? Is it my responsibility? Is it my responsibility? So many times in life, we try to get involved with stuff and speak into stuff that we have no responsibility over, nor do we have authority over. We try to get caught up in all of these things and all of these scenarios and all of this stuff when God never intended for you to go that direction. We see a picture of this in John 21 where Jesus tells Peter, Jesus is like, hey, Peter, uh, man, your death's going to be pretty tough. You're, you're going to be crucified. And first thing Peter says, well, well, what about John? I mean, yeah, that's bad for me. What about John? How's he going to die? And Jesus looked at him and said, what's that to you? You focus on following me, serving me, worshiping me, and let John do the same. So a lot of times I feel like we get involved in things that we shouldn't get involved in. We try to make it like, well, I'm, I, you know, how I act is going to determine whether you go to heaven or not. No, that's not the case. Romans chapter 14, verse 10 through 13, we will, says we will all be judged one day, not by each other's standards, nor even by our own, but by the judgment of God. It is to God alone that what we shall have to answer for our actions. So each one of us is responsible for us. You do you, boo. I'm going to do me. And so some of you are like, well, wait a minute, pastor. I mean, you, you just said that God can speak through the church. And yes, he does. So let's kind of talk about that for a moment. Because God sometimes may give you a word, give you an idea, an impression for someone. But let me caution you to be careful. There's a fine line between confirmation and manipulation. Are you guys getting anything out of today? There is a fine line between confirmation and manipulation. You have to be aware that there, there is a difference. There's, there's a clear difference between being used by God to deliver a message and using God told me to tell you. As a form of manipulation. You got to be careful. You cross the line when you get in a hurry. And you feel like you're going to help God out. By pushing somebody into something. That they're not gifted in. They don't have the anointing for. And they don't have the grace for. So you have to be careful with that. There's nothing wrong with going up to someone and say. Hey man I, you know, I really believe it's just God has spoken this to me. But don't go up to one and say. Now God told me to tell you. You know, did he really? 
So you have to be careful with that. So again, does it agree with the Bible? Does it make me Christ-like? Do the church leaders confirm it? Does it, uh, is it how God has formed me or niched me? Is it my responsibility? Here's, a, here's another big one. I just got a couple more for you. Is it convicting rather than condemning? A lot of people have trouble understanding the difference here. Conviction comes from God. Condemnation comes from the accuser of the brethren. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins to him, God can what be depended on to forgive us and cleanse us from every wrong. So the end result of conviction is this. God points out a sin in our life, a wrong in our life. We repent. He forgives us. We move on and we grow in him. That is conviction. Condemnation is Satan comes up and accuses you and says you're worthless. You're a nobody. You'll never amount to anything. Here you go messing up again. You walk away feeling defeated and unworthy and ready to quit. Listen. If you feel guilty for something that you've already confessed, you've repented of it, and you've changed of it, and you still feel guilty of it, it ain't from God. And this is vital because so many believers today suffer from this condemnation thinking. Always defeated. So again, I want to make sure you understand, conviction is from God. Condemnation is from Satan. Conviction, God says, hey, you've sinned. Maybe you were unkind to your wife today. Maybe you cut off the guy on the interstate. You told him he was number one. All that good stuff. Shouldn't have done it. That is conviction condemnation, Satan comes to you and says, you're worthless, you're a nobody, you'll never amount to anything. Conviction has a solution that points to your future. Condemnation has no solution and it keeps you stuck in your past. Are you with me today? Am I dropping some bombs on you? So get this, God will never attack your self-worth. God will never attack your self-worth. You need to write that. God made you. He created you. He loves you. He sees you as valuable. He sent His Son to die for you. He rose from the dead for you so that you don't have to be stuck in your past, but so you can press forward to do what God has called you to do. So if you feel worthless, if you feel like I'm less than, it ain't from God. Write that down. Repeat it. Get it in your spirit. Let me give you the last one. Here's the seventh filter. Do I sense God's peace about it? Do I sense God's peace about it? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So what does that mean? If I feel pressure to make a decision in a hurry, it ain't from God. I need to wait, pump the brakes, make sure I've got a piece about it. Let me ask you something. How many parents do we have in the house? Let me see your hand. You're a parent in the house. Come on. How many of you guys parent teenagers? Come on, come on. Everybody look around at all the hands that are up right now. They need to be in your constant prayers. Like right now, prayer closet, praying for these people. I've got two of them, I know. Parents, let me ask you something. Do you want your kids walking around stressed out? overwhelmed, anxious, depressed all the time. No parent in the world would say yes to that. A loving parent, what do you want your kids? You want them secure. You want them loved. You want them to feel, be healthy. You want them to feel that warmth. You want them to grow and mature. And can I tell you something? That's exactly what God wants for you. The fact is, nowhere in the Bible does it say we need to rush into a decision. Nowhere. 
Matter of fact, if you look at the word patience, 43 times in the scriptures, it says be patient, pump the brakes, wait. The fruit of the Spirit, it talks about what? Patience. Here's the difference. Hear me. Lean in. Satan drives us compulsively. The Holy Spirit draws us gently. Let me say that again. Satan will drive you compulsively. The Holy Spirit will draw you gently. It's the difference. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says, The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when God speaks and you follow, that brings a calmness to you, a peacefulness to you. When Satan speaks and you follow, it brings confusion. One of the sure signs that you've heard from God is there is this deep settled peace in your soul. Even though the storm is raging on the outside, there's a peace on the inside that you cannot explain. But Jesus is in your boat. And there's a peace there. The Bible is full of fear not. So if you get in this place where, where, where you feel anxiety and fear and, and all of these emotions, listen, it ain't from God. So you got to test the impressions. Does it agree with the Bible? Does it make me more like Christ? Does the church conform it? Is it consistent with my niche? Is it my responsibility? Is it convicting rather than condemning? And does it bring peace? Seven filters. And when you guys walked in today, you've got a book written by our senior pastor, Dr. Jim Wall. It says, did I just hear from God or was it the pizza? <laughs> if you didn't get one, there's some outside. Go out there and grab one. Read this. Everything we talked about plus is in this book right here. And this is a free gift for you. Not only that, but you guys should have also grabbed one of these when you come in. It was probably attached to your book. It's just a bookmark, sound on. So when you're reading your Bibles, look, man, it's even got a little magnet on it. You just put it there. You got your page. Bam. Come on. How about that? That's for you. So this whole series is, has been designed to help you and I to distinguish God's voice. He's speaking. Are you listening? What is God saying to you? What is God speaking to you right now for, for your family? At this time in your life. Guys, listen. If, if you get an impression, you get an idea, and, and it doesn't pass through these filters, walk away from it. Pump the brakes. Maybe that it's not God's timing. Maybe that God's not ready to carry you to another level yet. So if it doesn't pass the seven, pump the brakes. If it does pass the seven, even if it scares you, go for it. There's the faith factor. Step out like Peter. There's nothing here, but I'm stepping anyway because I'm trusting that God is in control and knows what He's doing. So God, I'm going to step. And I'm going to believe you because I believe that this is what you've called me to do. So stand with me all over the house today. We know God's speaking. <clears throat> the third verse in all of the Bible says, And God said, and the Bible ends with God speaking to the churches seven times. So God's speaking to us constantly. So are we listening? Have we positioned ourselves to hear from God? Have we, have we run it through the filters? God, is this really what you're saying here? 
Where are you at this morning? Some of you may be here and you may say, well, Pastor, you know, I've, I've, I've heard this series and I hear a lot about how God is speaking, but I've never heard God. Let me give you a scripture kind of to end with. John chapter 8, verse 47. Jesus says, He who belongs to God hears what God says. He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is that you don't belong to God. That's a heavy scripture to end with. God is speaking. And some of you may be looking at your life right now and say, Pastor, man, if you only knew, if you only knew where I've been, if you only knew what I've done, listen, we're not interested in where you've been. We're interested in where you're going. And God loves you just like you are, but He loves you too much to leave you like you are. There's something greater for you. There's something amazing that God has for you. There's a plan. There's a destiny. There's a purpose for you. You're not nameless. You're not faceless. God knows you. And He's calling out to you. The question is, are you listening? The Bible says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So what's God speaking into your heart? What's He saying to you? For some of you in here, God may be saying, Hey, let's connect. I want to come and live in your heart. Maybe you need to receive Him as your Savior today. Maybe you need to resign as CEO of your life and say, God, I can't do this without you. I need you. Maybe for some of you, God's saying, hey, your next step is is an act of obedience, is to go public with your faith and, and get in the water and be baptized. Come up with your hair and makeup just all crazy. Doesn't matter. You're going public with your faith. For some of you, God may be saying to you, hey, you know what? It's time for you to step up and serve. It's time for you to join a bridge group, get a community around you, get some people that love you, that can help you and support you. Maybe for some of you, God may be saying, hey, there's a servant opportunity here. Maybe it's with the kids. Maybe it's media. Maybe it's, it's, it's guest services, whatever. What is God saying to you right now? Some of you say, well, Pastor May, it's my first time and I just showed up because somebody invited me and, and I just come in here today. L- listen, he- here's how I feel about that, okay? It's, I, I don't have, any, well, I do have the Bible to back me up, but here's how I feel about it. If you showed up today, it wasn't just because you just showed up. God had a design and a plan for you And the reason why you showed up in here is because there's some gifts, there's some talents, there's some abilities that you have that this place needs. So that's why we feel like it's such an amazing opportunity for new people to come in because obviously you got something we need, yo. So get connected, get hooked up and do what God's called you to do. So Father, we love you today.